Attack the Rack coming to you from Seattle, Washington, home of the Seattle Supersonics fan base. I'm Josh. Here we go. Why is the name of the podcast Attack the Rack? Well, the short answer is when you go through basketball, the game of basketball, and you go through the math and the numbers, and you look at how valuable different shots are, and then you look at how you're able to get those shots, and it becomes pretty clear the most important thing is the ability to beat your man, create an advantage. The only reason you do, you do that is to attack the rack. So that's why I call it attack the rack. But I'm going to go through kind of the hierarchy of shots by location because what we're going to talk about today is defense. We're actually going to talk about the best defensive teams in the NBA. The six best defensive teams in the NBA right now are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the 76ers, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Those are also six of the teams that have probably the best odds. Not all of... There's teams outside those six teams that have some odds similar to some of those teams. But if you just look at those six teams, the chances that one of those six teams wins the championship this year is really, really high. And so what I want to look at is what are they doing defensively to get them to where they're at. And there's a couple trends I think people are going to find interesting. They're maybe a little bit different than what people... think because of what's being talked about in order of efficiency if you just look at the number of points you get for every attempt and if you just say a free throw is half an attempt because if you're going to the hole for two you get fouled it's one attempt uh on three yeah you pick up extra half attempt i mean i don't even know what to do when you get a three-point foul it breaks all the numbers or not no matter how you do it no matter how you look at it it's great and it really helps your offensive everything so <laughs> and we're going to look at that here in a second we're going to talk about that with one of the teams and i think that's part of the strategy of why they're playing the things the way they're playing them so number one right off the bat is free throws 1.54 points per shot so what does that mean if you had 100 attempts you score 150 points 154 points that game in the restricted area is 1.26 or 126 points if you had 100 attempts. Uh, from the corner is 1.16 or 116 points uh, per 100 attempts. Above the break, 105 points, so it's 1.05 per attempt. And then, so let's go through those first. What is that? One, two, three, four. Let's go through those first four real quick. What do we have there? Free throws? Okay, we know those are really good and efficient. Great. If you're restricted area right by the basket, we know that's really good. We know the corner is really good. And in that order. So if you played one team only shot in the restricted area the whole game, the other team only shot from the corners the whole game, I understand that's not how basketball works, and that's why you can't look at it this way. But just if you want to go straight by location kind of like this, and we'll layer it here in a second, you get hundred and you lose by 10 points shooting all your shots from the corner as opposed to the restricted area. So then the question then becomes, the only thing more efficient than that is free throw. So then how, where is going to get you to the free throw line more often? Other than those three shot types, you then get, go down to above the break threes. And that actually takes you about five points per hundred possessions below league average and offensive efficiency. And I think that's what you're seeing a little bit. Uh, people are talking about what the Bucks are doing, just letting people shoot from above the break. Uh, they're actually giving up 36%, so they're a little bit higher than this. They're giving up a little bit more than that uh, above the break, and it's still working out for them. So what do we have? We have pretty much all three-point shots. We have shots in the restricted area, and we have free throws. 
And those are really the most efficient shots. So everything else, what are we talking about? We're talking about the mid-range. We're talking about even points in the paint that are outside the restricted area. So uh, a guy shoots a little floater from like 13, 14 feet out. If you take all those other shots, they're at 0.8 points per attempt or 80 points per 100 possessions. And that's why it's so valuable if you have a superstar that can go and take those shots and perform at a high level that's above uh, league average because it breaks defenses because guys aren't supposed to be able to do that. There's only 25 or 30 guys in the league that can just go do, do that and break, uh, kind of break the other team's defense. Because only free throws restricted area and corner threes are above the league average of 1.1 points per attempt. So that's just something to keep in mind as we go through and look at what some of the best defensive teams in the league are doing right now. Some of the other factors involved are how, how open is somebody. When you really look at the different data that they have, at least on NBA.com, I'm sure there's something more sophisticated out there. But if you just kind of look at it, it doesn't make a huge difference how open the person is. Is he's, is like, do you have five plus feet or not? Because if somebody's within five feet, they're within five feet. Uh, and they're used to shooting with a hand in the face and all, and all that. You got the shot off, so you thought you were open at least. As far as that kind of being open. Then there's just wide open. And that makes a big difference because that, that takes three-point shooting and it puts it up well above league average. The contested threes are, are below league average. And that makes a big difference. Pull-up threes versus catch and shoot. Uh, that, that can be a big difference as well. Uh, it is with most people. Some guys are really good at it. And it might be a little bit of an indicator to see something like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., coming this year the year before he had really good he was one of the top guys in the league when you really looked at the volume and the amount of pull-up three-point shooting that he was doing that year so you didn't see in the big overall number because his number of pull-up threes was so much higher of a percentage of his overall number of three-point pointers so his percentage was eh, okay but if you really looked at what he was doing to get those shots you could see the ability and the skill that he was using to get get it done and set up right in the right offense that can have a lot of value for the offense because then that creates the ability to uh, kick the ball, pull the defense, get the catch and shoot shots for the other guys who can't shoot that at a high percentage. That's actually a bug of the league average that's going to allow you to have an elite offense. Then obviously it really matters who the shooter is because like I said, there's about 25, 30 guys in the league that break all the rules, break all the defenses because they can hit shots like your Lillard's, your Curry's. Uh, these guys that hit all these shots off the dribble dribble at a high enough percentage that it actually hurts you. It actually hurts uh, your defense and it gives up too many points and they can take too many of them and be efficient doing it. But there's really only about 25, 30 guys. So if you have the ability to run the defense where you can account for those guys when you come up against them and then pretty much let everybody else ball them from above, I th think you're going to see is a pretty decent path uh, towards having a, an elite defense. It also matters what types of looks are they getting. Are they getting them in the flow of like the transition that they run these drills constantly every day, like warm up type of stuff that they're used to it, or is it? Uh, they might be wide open, but it's off a broken play, uh, deflected ball, and they're picking it up at their shoelaces and they're coming up to shoot it and try and get it off before some random arm from a, a Raptors defender comes <laughs> lurking in uh, because of how many uh, deflections they get so th that type of thing matters how clean are the looks are they getting are they getting them in the flow of like a transition or uh, something like that or is it a little bit more scrambled that's always going to bring the percentages down but enough about that that's a little bit of a setup for what we're going to go through or right now i'm going to go through the top three teams uh by their defensive rating going into the all-star break all the stats we talk about are going to be uh up to the all-star break 
So I'm going to go through the top three teams, uh, the Bucks, the Raptors, and, and the Celtics. Enjoy. All right, number one, defensive rating width of 101.7, the Milwaukee Bucks. I am sure you have heard about what they're doing to get there. They are protecting the rim at all costs. And yes, they are. They have three rather uh, large human beings and in the in their twins uh, in Giannis. And that's really helpful. They're number one in the number of attempts against them in the restricted area at 24. And they're number one in the percentage that people are shooting. So teams are shooting 54.8%. To give you an idea, the league average is in like the mid-60s, like 63% right in there. That's a huge difference. That's supposed to be one of the most efficient shots. On average, teams shoot, not including the free throw line, about 53% if you adjust for the three-pointers. So at the rim, teams are only getting 2% better than what an average offense gets in the league. And that's supposed to be your best shot on the floor. So they just take that away. Now the next best shot, outside of free throws of course, which the Bucks are doing a really good job of keeping people off the line. But in addition to that, they're only giving up 36% on their corner threes. Because they're prioritizing that and they're making sure that that's not like a clean look. They're really like free throw line down. <laughs> Let's make sure we're good. Let's we're solid. Uh, they're not getting anything easy from the corner or from the basket and let them bomb away from up top. Because in, they are just letting them bomb. I mean, they're, they're like the worst in the league. They give up 53% of the threes that they give up are uncontested. There's nobody within like six feet of them. <laughs> There's nobody around. They're just wide open. And they're giving up 36% up top, which normally you're going to give up like 33%, something a little bit lower than that from above the break. But they're just saying whatever. We'll give up those extra percentage points because of what we're able to do on the other stuff. But so their corner threes and above the break, they're actually giving up the same percentage and there's normally a pretty big spread there. But that's because of how they're playing it. They don't care if there's a so-so three-point shooter up top that's just going to bomb away. They're going to let them. We're going to stay near the basket. We're going to protect the basket. We're going to make sure we don't give up uh, threes in the corner. And a big part of that is you also avoid the stupid... How many three-shot fouls have you seen from somebody contesting an above-the-break three-pointer? I think it's important to understand the numbers in that way, that getting that six inches closer to the guy, even though you don't think you got him, you're six, eight inches closer than you really had to be to still kind of check the box that you had somebody within a couple of feet of him when he shot it so there was a hand in his face. Like, I mean, it's a percentage thing. It's going to make it dip a little bit, a little bit. You're not really trying to block the shot. It's not a transactional thing. It's an overall a nickel and dime. The whole game, it makes a big difference that there's constantly a hand in the shooter's face. But if you just completely give that up up top and say, whatever, unless you're like a really good three-point shooter or you get hot, we're going to have to adjust or figure something out uh, for that individual one game person for that one game. Great. Everybody else bomb away. They, they give up the most threes up top and they're like one of the worst in the percentage. So they're just getting killed up there and, and they're giving up uh, 36%, which is 
they're just slightly higher. The percentage they're giving up from above the break, that they're just saying bomb away, do whatever you want, we don't care, keep shooting it, and is leading to a league-leading defense, get this, that same percentage is the league average percentage on three-pointers in the whole, including corner threes, everything. And so a big key part of their defense involves saying we would have just rather give up that league average three-point shot and let people take as many as they want. That's the shot we want them taking. So it's a little bit different um, thinking. It was a little bit different approach on how they're playing it uh, and their strategy. And you see how it's working out now. Obviously, they have some unique talent to be able to do this. You can't do every strategy with every set of people with every set of personnel you gotta adapt for the situation but with the people that they have the big guys they put together a team with the shooting it makes a whole lot of sense on both sides of the ball and but we're gonna stick to the defensive side for today but a big big part of that this i do believe that allows them to contest at the rim keep those percentages and attempts as low as they are one of the things that allows them to do this is avoiding all those three-point shot fouls up top. I think that makes a huge difference uh, in the practical flow of how your defense ends up. They, they can afford to put people on the line a little bit more and a foul a little bit more uh, there because they're not picking up the stupid fouls up top. All right, enough on the box. All right, then number two with defensive rating. But you got to go down from 101.7 to 105. 105.1 at number two. So that's a pretty big jump there. Almost four almost four points uh, per 100 possessions given up difference. But they are number two in the restricted area field goal percentage against with 58.4 percentages. As we just talked about with the Bucks, that makes a huge difference to what defenses are going to or offenses are going to be able to do against your defense uh, because you're giving up such a low percentage at the rim. It's not even that valuable to get there, but they're doing it in a little bit uh, different way. They're giving up a few more attempts, uh, but they're still number two in restricted area makes against them at 15.6. They're number five in the percentage they're giving up in corner threes. Uh, I I don't always believe in looking at three-point percentage uh, until you have a lot lot of data. You kind of have to see a reason to look at it, I think. And I think we'll see with the Raptors, uh, there's a reason to think that maybe they're uh, doing some things defensively that's leading the other teams to shoot from a lower percentage uh, from different spots, especially along the three-point line that you would normally expect a team to get. Uh, so they're number five in corner threes at 35%. And above the break, they're also number five at like 33.5%. So they're, they're doing really well there. And I think the biggest reason why is they're number one in the deflections that they get. So 17.5 deflections a game uh, that they're getting, it, it keeps the other team out of rhythm. Uh, it, it's a little bit different picking the ball up from your shoelaces and going up and shooting it uh, as opposed to getting it right there in your shooting pocket and be able to go. So I, I think that plays into it. And when you watch them play, the way that Nick Nurse calls his defenses, the way he switches defenses up, they, they do zones, they do like whatever. He's like ready. He's ready for a different game plan every game, it seems like. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he has some core things like he keeps other team out of transition. Uh, that's a really big one. They're number six in the league, only out, allowing 12.3 transition points per game. And I, I think that's very helpful because, again, it doesn't let them get into a rhythm. Come down the floor, hit the guy easy in transition, uh, and get the in rhythm 
baskets. The whole the other team has to work a lot harder because it's not their normal flow uh, that they like to be in. They just make it different for them, uh, and they they like their chances. Uh, and, and it seems to be working pretty well. Uh, they're also leaving a lot of people open for threes. Get this, the number one and number two defensive team in the league through the All-Star break are 29th and 30th in allowing the most open threes. Out of the threes they give up, the highest percentage are wide open. Uh, nobody within like five, six plus feet of them. That, that's a really, really big deal. That, that's a different way to think about defense because right now with all the, oh, I got to get the three off, guys pulling up in transition uh, to hit a pull-up three. A man, do some math on this. A pull-up three above the break compared to uh, an uncontested dunk or lay-in. That's rough. I mean, that's not even close. Um, but we've I've seen a lot of that disappearing, I feel like. But you still, uh, I don't know, it depends who you're watching <laughs> can be painful, but anyways, it came and I'm hoping it's going to go away as we really get a little bit more nuance in the way that we're looking um, at some of the numbers. And now the Raptors is really interesting because they really are just keeping people off balance is what they're doing. Only 9.4 shots per game um, out of the whole game. <laughs> I mean, they have like 100 attempts or whatever. Only 9.4 shots. The Raptors are getting the other team uh, to get those attempts to come from the other category. When we went through the shot types, that was the one that was leftovers with all the mid-range shots and the floaters and everything that wasn't a three, but it wasn't in the restricted area. All that you get was the lowest by far. It was over 20, it was like 25% lower than the next lowest shot type. Uh, they're getting a very low, low, low percentage of their shots from the opponents from, from there. So really what, that, what that's telling, telling us is the opponents are getting the shots kind of from where they want to get them. They're just not getting them comfortably. <laughs> so they're shooting them all at a lower percentage. Uh, but that's really interesting because what happens... Um, does that scale well into the playoffs would be my question. And I think that's a lot on Nick Nurse. Can he keep the other team and the other coach uncomfortable over a seven-game series, round after round after round after round? How many tricks does he really have in the bag? And I think we're going to get to find out. Uh, and then... The last one we're going to go through today, we will go through uh, the 76ers, the Lakers, and the Clippers uh, next episode. Uh, but the last one I am going to go through today uh, is the Boston Celtics. They are number three in defensive rating, 105.7. And they're number three. Get this, they're number three in restricted area field goal made against them. Uh, so you, you got that right. They, the three people protecting the rim the best are the three people at the top uh, of the league. And that seems really weird because Boston doesn't have any rim protection. But what are they doing? They're, they're not really uh, getting a lot of blocked shots and, and things like that, uh, which would lead to a different kind of... Um, some different stats and the personnel that they just don't have, uh, frankly. Uh, so what's happening there? Well, they are number two in the number of attempts. They're only giving up 25 and a half attempts a game. So they're besides Milwaukee, they're the best in the league at just preventing people from even shooting there. And so they're not able to get to that primary option. So they're all on their secondary option. Uh, now they're like 11th as far as the actual percentage that they force, which is pretty decent considering their personnel. Um, it's actually out of these six teams that we're going to be going over in total, uh, it, it's actually fifth of the six to give you an idea of how important that is uh, to be one of the top five, six best defensive teams in the league. And excuse me, on the Raptors, that was 9.4 made field goals. Um, the attempts 
they're in the other category, those mid-rangers, the floaters, all that stuff. Uh, that they're they're actually third in the league uh, with 23.3. So they're they're not forcing. To give you an idea, uh, the Bucks are forcing like 31 shots in that area, and they're forcing like 23. So that's just like eight nine shots uh, that are coming from way more efficient areas on the floor and with the celtics it, they're they're forcing 27 so they're kind of right there in that middle where they're getting more of the shots those harder tougher shots and those are a lot of the ones that you get later in the shot clock that's why if you look at the numbers by the time on the shot clock you can see how much less you get as the shot clock winds down and it corresponds with these types of, of shots that you have to do off the dribble create for yourself it's a little bit easier to create for yourself going into the mid-range getting a little bit closer uh, than down past that three-point line but man there's starting to be uh, more and more guys in the league that are pulling the game uh, out that direction and then we have the Number two team, the, so the Boston Celtics are number two in the number of deflections that they're getting, and I, I think you can see that how they're keeping people off balance. So the other teams only shooting thirty three percent from above the break. Um, they're a little bit more comfortable. They're nineteenth in the percentage they give up from the corners. Uh, they're almost at forty percent, like thirty nine and a half percent right there uh, that they're giving up. Uh, so they're not doing as good of a job as getting out to those corners uh, as the Raptors are. Uh, but that's why they're slightly behind them. And it's an interesting contrast between these two defenses because I do think they're uh, doing some similar types of things uh, out on the floor. Uh, but the Raptors uh, ultimately are just going to have a lot more size inside. So it'll be interesting uh, on how that plays out. Uh, I would love to see these two teams matched up in a playoff series. Um, but that's all we got right now for you. Uh, we have... The 76ers, Lakers, and the Clippers coming up. Uh, two of the three are really, really, really good at protecting the rim. One of these three is not, and it might surprise you which one's not. So be sure to subscribe. That way, when the next episode comes out, because it is um, irregular, so it comes out when it comes out. We're doing our best to make that a little bit different, so it comes out at a more consistent time that you can count on. So make sure you subscribe so it comes straight into your player so you don't have to worry about it. And rate us five stars. It really helps. I appreciate it. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks.